Welcome to the Set Yourself Free podcast, real stories from ending emotional abuse and taking your life back. I'm your host, Carrie Veach, owner of Set Yourself Free. I'm a life and success coach that believes we all have limitless potential within us if we have the right tools and support. Trauma or past hurt might be a part of your story, but it doesn't have to be the entire story. We all have different versions of what freedom means, and I'm here to help you unlock your perfect version of it. Join us for season two, where we follow four extremely courageous women who share their stories of what it actually takes to get to the other side of trauma and abuse. Through their stories, you will know that you are not alone, that shame only grows in secret, and that it does get better on the other side. By hearing their stories, you will gain insight, tools, and practical ways that you can access the power inside of you. All of the magic is waiting for you, and we simply need to tap into it. These women will give you the courage and strength to find your freedom. Let's dive in. What advice would you give to those that find themselves in a similar position to where you were? Olivia. Well, obviously, number one is to trust yourself. But also, depending on your past experiences, I think, and I still struggle with this, is like understanding anxiety versus intuition, Mm. right? And so... That's why it's like you have to kind of like slow down time sometimes mm-hmm. and and be be careful and be self-aware and also be willing to like not ignore the signs that something's off. Um, and then the other piece is just like, I literally should get this tattooed on my body, but I would tell myself over and over again, like this or something better. Yes. So like if this isn't meant to work out or if you're afraid that if you say something, it's going to uncover something else, or if you're afraid to like uncover the truth, like you're just going to stay stuck in anxiety or for me, it was anxiety. And you have to believe that like by uncovering the truth, it's going to be this, or it's going to be something better by opening up an uncomfortable conversation. It's going to move you forward or it's going to move you into something better. And I think like one of the last things I'll say about that is at the time when I was like so confused and couldn't really figure out what was going on, I would, every night I would like write these, I don't know if you'd call them prayers or intentions. I'm not really religious necessarily, but I would talk to God and I would write down like my intentions and, and what I wanted. And I think you have to trust the power of yourself in that because when I was really religious about writing my notes every night, <laughs> setting my intentions every night, that's when everything, it literally all started happening. And I was like, oh my God, am I like magic? Do I have superpowers? But like, if you pray for it, or if you manifest it or use your, set your intentions or whatever language you want to use, things are going to start happening. I re- like literally at the beginning of 2017, I would write like, I'm getting married. I'm going to have like this nice big house and da, 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 da. And I would like write it all the time and things had to fall apart clearly for that to ever be able to happen. Mm-hmm. So I think trust the power of yourself and, and uh, you know, writing your intentions to have a conversation or to, you know, live out your vision. It's, it's going to make things, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say explode, but things will be brought to light. 
Yeah. Well, and I love how you said that. And I think that is what I talk to so many women around in terms of these are the things we're not taught in school, right. the things I wish we were taught in school um, that I feel like actually matter in terms yeah. of leaning into trusting yourself, how to care for yourself, how to you know emotionally be able to withstand like these storms that inevitably come in our lives. Yeah. You know, and it's just like these practical skills aren't taught. They're just not. No, no. I know this because I was a public school teacher. For them. <laughs> That's true. You were. Um, but you know, like the women who are in relationships with like, if they're emotionally abusive or they're liars or they're narcissists, like the biggest feeling that the, the woman in those relationships often feels is confused. Mm-hmm. And when you're confused, it's like, you can't make sense of everything. So you, it's hard to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the only thing that you can really do is get more and more clear about what you'll tolerate, what you'll accept, what you want, what you desire. And for me, the only way to do that was to be like writing things down all the time. Mm-hmm. And like, it was, it was very hard to do, but I started doing it because I kept feeling so confused. Like, and, and I think that's like, you know, what happens when you're being manipulated, you become really confused. And so for me, I had to get really clear on you know, what I needed to happen, what I wanted for my life. And, and by writing that stuff down, it just started happening and in like sort of disastrous ways, but. (laughs) Well, but I think like two points on that one, I like that you say that in terms of just like lessening the confusion of, you know, sorting it out. But I think with that, the second point is then when either you're in a more clear place, or even if you're more confused, you can go back to that written piece and find yourself like, oh, this is what I feel like I want, or this is what I need. And it's all written down here, or this is how I felt in this situation. And you can't be as confused when the things right. come up. Right. And one of the things that like comforted me, because it's very, it's very scary to like face yourself and face, you know, what you really want, especially if it's not necessarily in alignment with your partner and you feel like by voicing it or by saying it or by wishing for it or by praying for it, it could potentially ruin your relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I just kept thinking was, of course, this or something better. Yeah. But I was also like, I would, I would kind of cushion the anxiety of it or the fear of the unknown by saying like, okay, it, like if I ask for what I need or if I uncover something, it doesn't mean it's necessarily over. Like people can change, relationships can transform. Like I will be okay. And so, although that wasn't really true, and I don't not necessarily think that my person could have changed, mm. I have I have seen um, relationships and people be able to transform when your needs are met, right, or when your needs are requested or asked for. And so. I hope this is making sense, but like I could kind of cushion myself by saying like, just because I'm asking for what I need or, or, um, declaring what I want for my future, it doesn't mean this is going to end, but if it does, I'll be okay. Yes. So it, it just kind of like softened the process for me because I wasn't, I mean, I was never really looking to ruin my or end my relationship. I just was looking to like feel better inside of it. Yeah. Which is so the point, right? Of all of life, I feel like. And if we can get to that place of understanding that, like choose the good feeling thoughts, choose to be in the place of feeling better and chasing that and understanding like that's okay. Because I think so often when you are in 
especially when you're in an abusive, like emotionally abusive relationship, you're told that your needs are not okay. Your thoughts are not okay. Your emotions are not okay. And so you really have to be able to get back to a baseline of that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Shelby. Mm. That they are not alone. And that sounds really cliche, but you know, that all of that pain and all of that suffering in whatever form it comes for them, it matters and it makes sense that they feel the way that they feel mm-hmm. that whatever they have gone through, no matter how big or small they think it is, that they can't compare it to anybody else's. It makes sense that they feel the way they feel and that healing is totally possible. And for some of us, it's a long road for others. It's a shorter road and um, being in the maybe discomfort of healing is a hundred percent worth it. And, you know, I was told multiple times that I you know, like the reflections of it's amazing that you're still alive. It's amazing that you can work. It's amazing that you can be in a functional relationship. And so anybody that feels like they might not live past 28, like I never thought I would, that it's possible to not only live past whatever number you think might be your end point, but to find a life that feels so much better than you can ever even dream of mm. and to be there for that life, like to really be present enough and healed enough to take it in and feel supported by it and to really get to have so many of those things that were lost before in a way that's so much better and even more meaningful because you worked for it. Mm. And it's really, really possible. I always say if I did it, I mean, I'm still doing it. I will be doing it forever. But if I can, anybody can really. And, you know, I sound kind of cheery and integrated now, but I was not back then. I was really, really suffering and really done with life Mm. for a long time. And so if I could somehow get through that, I think anybody can. I know we talked about this before, but I just so appreciate you saying that because I think to the people that have been so invalidated, that is gold. Like they just need to feel that their feelings are valid, that they're seen, that they're enough. And and knowing that you know, it it doesn't happen overnight. It's not like, oh, somebody tells you you're enough and you're seen, like you're good to go. Of course not. Like you're very much speaking to the path sometimes being long, but the path being worth it. And so I just, I just really, really can't thank you enough for sharing that because I know how much work it takes and it's not for the faint of heart and it's not an easy process. And of course, there are some people that maybe their healing is really fast, but I think for the majority of people that have deep wounding, it just takes a lot of work and a lot of time and care. Mm-hmm. It does. And it in time, the process, like the work and the care, it's also 
amazing and beautiful. You know, like I have therapy here in 30 minutes. I never miss a therapy session. It's my, one of my favorite parts of my week. And like, I look forward to it. It's, it can be uncomfortable at times. It's, it gets deep in there sometimes where you don't really want to go. And for me, I leave feeling more myself than I ever have every single time. And it is so worth it. And so the work, it can, it can feel pleasurable. It can feel so supportive and loving and really good medicine. And so I just encourage anyone who's like, I don't know. Do I want to put my toe in that water? Do I not? I don't even know which water to put my toe in to just take one step forward and experiment with like, can I let this particular practice or this modality um, nourish me? You know, can I take a few sessions and just try it? Just trusting that more happiness is available, more joy, more connection, anything. Because for me and where I'm at in my practice as a somatic psychotherapist and as a someone who's healed like co-regulation is the key you know like we cannot do this alone that's the biggest piece of advice is we cannot do this alone and we have got to do it with people who have regulated nervous systems (laughs) so people have really done a lot of work that can sit there through the darkest deepest storms unmoved unalarmed with love, with empathy, with compassion, and just be with everything with you in a way that matters. And it's such a gift when you get that. Like, it's unbelievable. I I just, I don't know how to describe it to people who've never experienced it other than you just have to keep trying. And sometimes it's going to feel like three steps forward and two steps back, you know, and you're going to feel like, why am I doing this? But if you stick with it long enough, like, oh, it's just such magic. Mm -hmm. It really is. And for me, it's been worth it. And there has not been one path. It's been a thousand different paths. And every single one of them has contributed either to me figuring out what I do want, what I don't want, and towards getting really clear about uh, what's so supportive to me and my nervous system. And actually, you know, one of the biggest pieces of advice too that I would give, I'm never in the business of giving advice. I hate giving (laughs) advice, but for, I mean, you know, as a healer, practitioner, whatever you want to call me, it's like the worst thing I can do is give someone advice, like helping someone tap into their own is the biggest gift in the world. And everyone has different things that want to come out of them, but I never realized that pleasure and feeling okay, or maybe even feeling good could be part of the thing that helped me heal. Mm -hmm. And I always thought it, I had to go into the trauma, into the darkness, into the pain. And that's what made my path so long Mm -hmm. was because I believed that. And then I would choose other people because I had that belief who would take me there Mm -hmm. over and over and over again, trying to pull out all the weeds and dig through the roots and go into the black holes. And they would just jump right in there with me because they believed that that was true too. And what I finally realized was that we, the going into the black hole with the pain, that is the trauma running the show. 
<laughs> so when I realized, oh, we can actually incorporate some things that feel good to actually resource. I mean, that's a longer conversation, but find some ease in every moment, even when we're with the hard stuff, that is the gold that it doesn't actually have to be horrifically painful to heal. It can be really sweet. Mm, I couldn't agree more. And I feel like I relate so much to that as well being my path of like, once I figured out, oh, like I need to focus more on what makes me feel good versus like down this rabbit hole of darkness everything changed. And not to say don't feel your feelings, like, of course, feel your feelings, but it's just a different mindset. It's both. It's having the whole spectrum available instead of just being in that one side um, because we're wearing that groove in our brain that just goes, yes, this is where I want to be. I want to be in the darkness, but because that's where we've been for so long and there's nothing wrong with the darkness. But then when we also have the lighter experiences, we have a full spectrum and then we can have choice around what we want and how we want to be with it. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I want to say that you said that I'm like, oh yes, I hope everyone gets that you said is you don't love giving advice because it needs to come from within. And I think that that is just so perfect because that is the advice. It's like you have to figure out what works internally for you And that's where everyone feels like, oh, but I'm not doing it right. Oh, I'm missing it. Oh, what does everyone else know that I don't know? And it's like, no, no, the magic is inside of you. Just sometimes we need people supporting us and helping us find it. Absolutely. It is right here in our bodies. You know, it's in our hearts. The magic is right here. And, you know, I train coaches and therapists these days and they have like the biggest breakthroughs, this is like the first thing I teach them (laughs) because they're like, what do you mean? I don't need to have all of the answers. And then their clients all of a sudden are having these incredible experiences because they're not being pushed with the agenda of the coaches and the therapists, which is being driven by them feeling like they need to know the answers. And it's just this wide open space of curiosity and support and love. And everything just comes naturally out of that place. And I wish I would have known that so long ago because it makes life so much easier in all of the various chairs that I sit in. Yeah. Mm, I love that you teach that. It's so, so, so important. Mm. Yeah. Elizabeth. Mm, This is a very important question. Um. I would, I would say, pay attention to how you feel. Mm. Right? Pay attention to how you feel. And if you are chronically confused, mm. if you feel awful and you can't quite figure out why, if you get into a good place and you feel good and you, you have huge highs and huge lows, you feel good and then you, that gets destroyed somehow um, chronically over and over and over again. Really look at what's happening and why and who's around when it happens, who's telling you things, what are the, right? It could be, we, we, uh, we self-responsibility is important and we, we teach that a lot. 
But again, because I had those shadow aspects of, right, overcompensating and being so independent and salt and over-functioning in my relationship, I thought that it was me and I needed to fix myself. Hmm. Consider maybe you don't need to fix yourself. Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's not. And one of the things that I think is so ironic, and I actually haven't said this anyplace else publicly, it's just been what I've learned on my journey, um, is that one of the one of the transformations that I see as often happening or having to happen when you're ready to leave a narcissist is that you have to pu- draw on like your own inner narcissist, not in a malignant way, mm. but in because narcissism is just a personality trait and just like amicability and humor and right, it's like any personality trait, and there is healthy narcissism, like healthy self-regard, healthy sense of self-preservation, you have to decide I matter, right? The problem with the malignant narcissist is they think that they are the only one that matters and they will do absolutely anything they can to avoid ever feeling vulnerable, ever having to feel any of their emotions. And they would create all the chaos in the world around them to, to, to cover that up and to fill right. The, the, the deep, the deep holes they have inside. Um, and it's part, it's why it's very much shadow work to recover from, from this journey. Uh, but that's the first step is deciding like I matter. So maybe it's not you like, look at the people around you and take time to look and see if they are actually supporting you. Mm. Do they celebrate you? Do they support your goals? Can you be an individual and decide you want to do something that maybe people don't agree with? And is that supported or is that ridiculed? Is that made fun of? Is that undermined in some way, even if it seems like maybe it was an accident or maybe it wasn't intentional or look for those patterns. Can you be something different from the people around you and have that be okay? Maybe, I mean, everybody, if if, uh, someone in their family or close to them wants to change, pretty much everybody's going to have a, oh my gosh, reaction, unless they've done like so, so much work. But does that person then come around and say, I see what you're saying. I respect your boundary and I will respect it from now on. Or, and I support you. And right. Do they take accountability for their actions? Mm -hmm. Don't just assume it's always you. If you find that you are just chronically miserable and so confused. Like I remember right as the, cause I, I feel like I had an awakening from my pain body. Like my, I was in so much emotional pain that mm. that's actually what woke me up. Um, if you're in, and I remember feeling like I was going crazy. Mm. I couldn't figure out why, right? To do this process of examining how the people around you support you or don't. Um, my other, um, my other piece of advice would be to just to hear the message that um, it's not okay for people to lie to you. Mm. right it's crazy that I just accepted lying and thought it was part of like what people do sometimes and Mm. and like there's sometimes people just know better than you do and you have to just go along with it and even I was lied to so many times so many different people like just straight to my face well I don't know what happened to that I don't know what happened to that or like or I didn't overhear this or he didn't tell me that that's what you said I just knew on my own, right? I just, you know, like straight up lying. And because I, I 
and was young and naive on one hand, yeah. but also just um, want to believe in the goodness of of people. Sure. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, like I, I just never imagined that anybody could ever be that malicious ever. And it took, I mean, it was so ingrained. It took me years to really, things would randomly come in and I would remember. And I was like, she was just, that was a straight up lie to my face. Mm. You know, like pieces and pieces from over the years that were coming. Um, And then that is not okay behavior. Uh, And you should question those people and not trust those people. Um, And really examine, does this person have my best interest at heart? Uh, if they don't, how much power do they have over your life? Can you be independent from them? Can you be free from them? Um, and if not, like it's probably a problem. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think all of those are such great pieces. And especially the first piece, I think regardless of if you've been with a narcissist, if you haven't, if you're struggling with self-doubt, if you're, you know, anywhere if you're having a human experience, really, but just, I always come back to reminding myself of that, reminding people I work with, like, there's never anything broken. You are not broken. You know, I think that there's such this stigma and stereotype in our um, world right now of like, if you seek support, you are broken. Something's wrong with you. And I'm just like, no, fuck that. Like nothing is ever wrong with you. You can desire more and you can want healing and you can want more for your life, but like you are perfect and complete in this moment right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's taken me a long time to even feel the parts of that because if you're a perfectionist, which if you follow the categories of my previous designation of being a strong independent woman, I am sure you're also one of those, right? It's perfectionism is also a false structure, a false shell, ego structure, um, of not wanting to show your vulnerability and yeah. your realness to the world for fear that it means that you are broken and unworthy of love. Um, and it's, it's a complete lie. Perfectionism is a complete lie. But it was absolutely keeping me from ever understanding in an embodied and true way the meaning of what you just said of like you're never broken and you're always mm-hmm. whole. It just, until I did the work to start to experience it in my body, Mm-hmm. And, and actually do the, integ- the, I do body work with people and I work with coaches who do body work and we integrate on a body level yeah. pieces of ourselves that we have shunned. Yeah. Um, until I started doing that, it never resonated. Like I never embodied it. I didn't feel it in my body. I just understood it with my mind. And that mm. for me is not helpful and is not awakening um, and is not freedom. Uh, it wasn't until I really, really got in my body. Yeah. Well, and that's into the feeling state, right? Like so many people just hang out in their cognitive brains and, you know, maybe a little bit of change can happen, but not much. Yeah. Yeah, A little bit. Absolutely. And it can, it, the way I think of it is, um, and I use mindset work as well, um, is that it, it loosens up some of those structures that kind of hold everything in place so that you can then uh, allow some shifting and allow the possibility of change. Yeah, for sure. Sarah. Oh my goodness. I think, I don't think it would be any different than anything I've already said. It's, it's going to feel terrible. Like it's, it's not going to feel good at first. It's going to take a while to 
feel into what setting yourself free actually feels like. Mm. But taking those first steps is unfortunately necessary. It's hard. It's, it's, it feels so weird. Um, and I would just say, please do it anyway and get the support that you need to keep yourself safe because, um, you know, that's the scariest time um, is right after we take that initiative to leave, right? Yep. So, I mean, other than that, I don't know what else I could possibly say other than I could go into, you know, it's worth it, like, you know, and talking about what my life is like. But honestly, if I, I wouldn't have believed that person. I would have been like, well, like maybe for you, but like, mm. you know what I mean? Cause that feeling of just feeling like so alone and so isolated, I, there was very little that, that was going to cut through that for me. So hearing about, you know, what somebody's life looked like on the other side, I just needed to know for me that I wasn't alone and that I wasn't like this weirdo who was like the only person, like, as I felt like the only person on the planet going through this, which is so like, yeah, it seems so it's like, really, did I really feel like that? But I did. And I think many of us do. So. (sighs) Well, I, I I mean, I think most people do because I, you know, I think a lot of it speaks to shame and the cycles that happen, right? Like in the things our brain tries to convince us of and to isolate us. Um, but I think what you said is so important to reiterate about the feeling good part, because I think this is universal of something yeah. I wish more people talked about, like whether mm-hmm. it's leaving an abusive relationship, whether it's just life in general, I think we're fed these lies of yeah. even when you are in a good spot, like, oh, it's supposed to feel good a hundred percent of the time. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> it's not, you know, but, but then people feel like they're yeah. doing it wrong. Right. It's like, right. oh, I'm doing it wrong. Oh, I don't feel good all the time. And it's like, I think you can absolutely have a, a life where you feel good most of the time, but a hundred percent of every day, like, no. And <laughs> it's just not, you know, it's not a reality, but I think that that's the picture yeah. that sometimes we look at or even in the world of social media and the highlight reels and the things that we assume about people. And so, you know, that's obviously mm-hmm. what, why I'm so passionate about having these conversations because to go behind the curtain and actually talk about the real things of what people are experiencing is so important for that point that you're saying of not feeling alone and not feeling like it's just me that's experiencing this. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other piece of advice would be, especially if you're leaving a narcissistic abuser, like if you, if those are like the qualities of the person that you're noticing, yeah. if you've begun to educate yourself on narcissism and like how, you know, you're with a narcissist and all of those things. I mean, I did a little bit of research on that, but I didn't like make it my full-time job to learn every single thing I possibly could about narcissism. I really just dove deep into remembering who I was before this happened to me. And so I would say, you know, like read as much as makes you feel clear that this is what's happening to you and this is not okay. Like read as much as helps you get through like 
the fog and gets you out of the fog, right? Because I remember the first time I picked up a book or picked up an article or whatever it was, a YouTube video on narcissism, like it took a while for me to really be convinced that that's what I was experiencing, even though I resonated hardcore, like immediately with what I was learning about. It really took a while for that confusion to be like cut through all the way. Mm-hmm. But once you do, like once you start to really feel clear and confident, like, yes, this is what I experienced and I'm no longer confused about that. I would say focus more of your efforts on, you know, rewiring your nervous system, trusting your intuition, like these self-care practices, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you do that, you'll find that you don't need to know everything about narcissism in order to keep them at bay or to keep them away. Like they're just not going to be an energetic match for you. They're, you're going to be able to sniff them out anyway, Mm. just by virtue of, you know, living inside your body in a different way, living in your own mind in a different way than you ever have before. So that's, probably the other piece of advice. Cause I, I see a lot of people and I understand why they do this. They, they want to make sure that this never, ever happens to them again. Right. Yeah. And that makes sense. It's like, of course. And so a lot of times people think that the thing to do is like to read every book that they can possibly read on the subject or to read every article or to like, like it becomes this big project of like, yep. you know, and that can like that in and of itself can perpetuate that that anxiousness and like that isolation because like we're all human. We all have um, tendencies in this area. And so don't spiral down into like more confusion and just feeling like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. everything is messed up and because that's what can start to happen if, um, if you're doing a little too much of that in my experience, at least. So that's my other piece of advice. I hope that makes sense. I think that makes complete sense. And that's extremely helpful because I, again, I think that's one of the things our brain tries to tell us, like, you don't know enough, you have to figure out more. And yet the reality is, is like taking care of yourself and figuring out how to get back to who you are. Like, I love that you Mm -hmm. said that. Um, I think is central to healing. And um, we we almost use those other things as a distraction from the real work that's actually going to move the needle forward. Yeah, I would say focus on recovery more than, you know, the problem (laughs) that you experience. But, But do as much of it as like, you know, feels right to you. I mean, trust yourself with that, but just be mindful, like, there's a whole other helpful world of recovery that has nothing to do with knowing every single little detail about narcissism and being able to articulate it perfectly and all that kind of stuff. Mm, agreed. Ever feel like life would be easier if you simply trusted yourself more or even knew what in the world that that was? Yeah. I feel like we've all been there and I hope this episode gave you so much permission to be human and to know that so many of us relate to the same stories. And so 
these women are leaning into what it means to trust themselves, why listening to yourself and your gut is the key to absolutely anything and everything that you want. So I hope you heard in this episode how to trust yourself a bit more, why it's essential to getting what you want in life and some actionable steps that you can take today to do that. So if you're still feeling lost, if you're feeling confused or unsure of yourself, it's okay. Like all the grace and permission in the world to feel what you need to feel. But my challenge and my encouragement to you is reach out for support, get help. Don't feel like you need to do it all alone and know that you can't. You really, really can't. So I just really want you to feel cared for and loved and seen in this world. It is my life mission to have women be seen, heard, and understood. And for that to be the space that transforms your life into getting everything you want. So let's hop on the phone. Let's talk about what support for you could look like if you're feeling unsure if you're feeling scared, or if you're just feeling like you want more support, because we all do better in terms of showing up when we have support that's backing us, that's helping us get back up. I know I sure as heck do. And there is zero shame in it. Absolutely no shame. So reach out, schedule a call, head on over to my website. Let's let's get you what you want so you can go into 2020 feeling the best version of you possible. And not that you need to become someone you're not. It's all already inside of you. So I hope these women gave you that gift today and that you can step into your power and confidence knowing that you are in charge of what you want out of life and what a beautiful gift that is. So thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in. Cannot wait to see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Set Yourself Free podcast. I'm so grateful that you are here supporting me and supporting these incredibly brave guests. If you can do me a favor and take one minute to share this episode with someone that needs to hear it, I would be so grateful. And if you are willing, please go leave us a review. Each month, I will be choosing a reviewer to give a free session to as a thank you for listening. One thing I know for certain in this lifetime is that we will forever be as sick as our secrets. Shame has no ability to grow when we share our stories in safe places. I'm more encouraged than you could possibly know by those that are willing to speak up and help all of us know that we are not alone. So don't forget, head on over to my website at setyourselffreellc.com grab your free journal and book a free 30 minute call with me to talk about the number one mindset block stopping you from the life you want and one thing you can do this week to shift it. Thanks again for being here and we will see you next week.